Here's a relevant magazine. This is the relevant podcast. Friday, November 3rd, 2017, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Samaritan's Purse. Hey, everyone, it's time to pack an Operation Christmas Child shoebox. By packing a shoebox full of simple gifts, you can share the good news and joy of Christ with a child in need this Christmas. Since 1993, Operation Christmas Child has delivered more than 146 million shoebox gifts to children in more than 160 countries and territories. This year, they hope to collect enough shoebox gifts to reach another 12 million children. Anyone can pack a shoebox, individuals, families, churches, students, and groups, and during National Collection Week on November 13th through 20th, so it's coming up real soon. Shoeboxes will be collected at nearly 5,000 drop-off locations across the U.S. Visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to find a drop-off location near you. You can also donate $9 online per shoebox and receive a follow-your-box tracking label to discover its destination. A special shout-out to one of our listeners, Becky Schwartz on Twitter, hit us up uh, last night, and it looks like her daughter dressed up for their trunk or treat as a Samaritan's Purse shoebox. Uh, it's fantastic costume. Wow. The wow. Yeah, it's really good. It's really accurate. So, uh, and and by know. a really tragic mistake, they shipped her. <laughs> they shipped her to a <laughs> far, far away land. <laughs> the, the tweet is an emergency. <laughs> it's a real call for help. Yeah. Visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC for gift suggestions, tracking labels, and to find drop-off locations. There you go. Hope you like fin- fidget spinners, rest of the world. <laughs> like I said, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Hat Yeah, man, it's nice to see you. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Happy Halloween. And that was last week, but thank you. <laughs> and happy Arbor Day. Might as well say that too. <laughs> and joining us in studio. A very special occasion, our good friend, Jesse Carey. Live. Feels good, guys. Feels good to be in the new digs, seeing some wallpaper go up. Place really, <laughs> That's true. Really taking shape. Uh, the, the new offices are every day. They're changing. They're expanding. Yeah. We're, we, we're, we just got the, the loft is getting installed. Yeah. yeah. We got the TVs going now. We got our neon sign up. Did you see that? Yeah. And, and today, literally, wallpaper, vintage wallpaper is going up in the bathroom hallway. I have a question. How did the couch get up on the loft? Because for people who don't know, Eddie, you saw the you saw the loft. Mm-hmm. It's it's what probably twelve feet off the ground. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Who got the couch up there? Okay, because, it, because you're because there's no ladder currently installed, right? Yeah. Just the structure, yeah. and there's no it's, way to get up there. It's the way you build the pyramids, I can. T- <laughs> you put it's like series of bricks, and then they carry it up one. We yeah. constructed. No, uh, it's a, it's this large vintage sectional, and the way we got it up there was that Mark shimmied up to the loft. He got mm-hmm. a step ladder and got up in there, and then I handed him each individual piece and he pulled oh, them up. Oh, it's a sectional. Yeah, Nathan. And Nathan, uh, it was me and Nathan and uh, you're uh, like, a couple other people. You're like, oh, but wait, I wasn't there. No, it was just Nathan and that <laughs> other. <laughs> no. and, then, and then all the cushions and all the cushions, we just like threw them up there. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. like discus. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, but the, the wallpaper going in today, while people, you know, it's a little inside baseball, a little behind the scenes. Uh, I understand that. It's not why you tuned into our show yeah, today to find but, out about our wallpaper installation. They should know. But it's quite the topic of conversation. Well, it's yeah, a whole to do. In the office because the installers, I think, are in their 90s. There, yeah, and with the reason we're talking softly, Chandler, you can punch this up and because she's like because eleven. They're standing, they're st- <laughs> like if if she reach out her arms and I reach out my arms, right. we, our fingernails could be touching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty. They're yeah, pretty they're clean. Not in the room with us. No, no, they're just right, right outside. Yeah. And I behind glass. And for some reason, the way that the way that she looked at me when I went to the bathroom earlier, and we made eye contact, and I got kind of hey, how you doing? Kind of eyebrow raised, yeah. and she just stared coldly at me. Yeah. I think she knows people are talking about. Yeah. Her. Now, in fairness, <laughs> she was wallpapering the inside of the bathroom. Yeah, it was awkward. I should yeah. have used the other one. I yes. should have used the other. And I, I knocked over a tray of their tools, and uh, and, and they're very, they're very delicate instruments. And I, I stepped on some, and there was a lot of broken just, things. But and just I, watching I, them do this. Like, yeah. honestly, it's so stressful to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's like this is very expensive they're, wallpaper. And they're like craftsmen. They are craftsmen. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Just watching them, they've been doing this literally over 40 years and, together. So, little husband and wife, they're mm-hmm. about three foot seven. They're they, combined. They aren't saying a word to each other at this point. No. They don't need to. They For are 40 years, they've been level. sniffing glue. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, yeah. like. She's I, putting the glue on right now. She is <laughs> applying the glue onto a perfectly I trimmed I piece of one wallpaper. word she can hear us too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no two. I'm I'm concerned she can hear us, and yeah. she has scissors. <laughs> yeah, and a ton and ton of glue and expensive wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyhow, wallpaper looks good. Everybody it should take a picture good. of it. People should come. People, if people they're in the area, come. people yeah, have they, been they coming. Come. We've been yeah. having quite a few tours. Other big addition to the office this past week was the Jesse robot arrived. It did, and I I. It, it, like I'm still mastering it. Yeah. Uh, the the only thing I need to see if I can get online and do a little hack and take the governor off that thing. Yeah. Well, here, I, need, people, I need to get it to go like three miles an hour faster. I'm not a dangerous speed. Right. But the only this is a large. Here's the thing. A lot of people. This is a large office. Yeah. For me to traverse it. Right. You know. I I like I I the other day I asked someone, can you just pick me up and bring me over there? <laughs> you know. Now can I ask you? You're not really using it for work, are you? Yes. Yeah. You hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'd assumed this was all just a It is toy. A okay, so 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 people on the podcast know about uh three months ago we talked about the fact that when we came to this new office, Jesse works remotely from Virginia. Yeah. Uh we should get and a I like it that way. robot. Yeah. Where he can control it from Virginia and, and just uh, you know go around the office and interact with people. Yeah. We got one. It finally arrived last week. It's the real deal. I posted it on Instagram. 90% of the comments were from podcast listeners mm-hmm. going, I thought it was a joke. I can't no, believe y'all actually real. did it. Yeah. We actually have a robot. Jesse can control it from Virginia. It is his little face on an iPad and he just rolls right up to you. It's about seating height. Yeah. And so like you're sitting there and all of a sudden Jesse's face you know, just you comes know around the fun? corner. You know what's fun? And I haven't told a lot of people this, but uh, you know, just because people leave at night, that's when me and the robot have time to ourselves. Right. The other day, I put on da na 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 na. I like yeah, yeah. Mm. And I dressed the robot. I had someone dress the robot in like a button-down dress shirt like and pink, socks, pink and polo shirt. It. Yeah. And, and instead of me like sliding, the only awkward thing instead of me sliding across the floor like a young Tom Cruise yeah. dancing in my underwear, yeah. it, the, the robot very slowly rolled across. The floor. <laughs> Slower. I had the whole thing to myself. It's a little it bit was... shorter and a, and a lot slower than yeah. I thought. I agree with you about the the speed. But, it, but <laughs> I, 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 
it, it is a legit robot. Like I can just cruise right up. The, the only awkward thing is too, I don't, you don't know your proximity to people. So like, let's say I wanted to go talk to someone. So depth perception is an issue. Depth perception is an issue. It's got, it's a learned skill because like I could be five feet away for you or I could be five inches from you and I don't know. I don't know how close I am. So like if I'm like all up in your grill, I just don't know. So I've told people, I've said, listen, if I'm making you uncomfortable, isn't this close? Even though I'm a robot, like, you know, we're entering into like the AI era here. Just push me back. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I've, I've watched you, uh, you know, uh, the editorial team is like in a long uh, bench uh, desk configuration. And um, Jess, who kind of runs the uh, project, project yeah. management of the department, sits on the end. Yeah. Kathy, our copy editor, is the second one in. Yes. Well, Jesse has a reason to talk to Kathy quite a bit. So I, I've watched the robot roll down there, turn mm-hmm. the corner to go around and talk to Kathy. You cut the corner a little tight, and you're all up on Jess. I know. That's the thing. So you said, I'm coming, I come in a little clip, hot. You clip I come in a little hot. You clip yeah. Jess. Yeah. So you're saying there's a really, uh, like, you, there's been a meeting happening, or like there's somebody you need to talk to, and you roll, and you're like, hey. I just, hey. And, the other, and, and then I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to work over here for a while. And I just pull up to an empty desk, and I just, and. <laughs> I'm working, and if someone can come over and talk to me if they need to. I but. literally hear him, like because the lo- the volume of mm-hmm. the iPad is the volume of a person talking. Yeah, and I'll just hear Kathy or somebody talking to Jesse, and Jesse talking back as Zoe's in the room. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. It's uh, the future is now, man. I don't know how I'm going to handle interacting with yeah. this thing. The extent of my interactions with it has been through Slack, in which Jess or Kathy will complain. And say something to the effect of, oh no, Jesse's coming in the robot again. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing about it besides that. Other than it seems to be not like the, the, the future is, is a bit irritating according to, according to the Slack thread. Yeah. Well, I take that personally and they will be getting a visit from the robot to talk about this. Right. So (laughs) it didn't help that you visited the wallpaper lady with the robot this morning. Yeah. She, she thought it was a real human. She's never seen anything like that. As as a joke with the robot though, do you ever go up to the bathroom and try to like have it like, or like have somebody put it in the bathroom and then it's rolling out of the stall. He's at, he's at, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's at urinal level. So it's just, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I, I am going to wait in a stall Do until it. I hear a toilet flush. Right. And roll out of there and roll to the sink. But, but, be, to the sink. but, but try not to be like, hey, what's up, man? Just yeah, be like, yeah. cool, like you're just coming oh, out of the bathroom. Man, what a day. What a day. Yeah. <laughs> Chilly out. How about that Central Florida weather? We, uh, you know, we've had a number of visitors come through the the, studio, the office in the last couple of weeks since we moved in. We're not fully moved in. We've given them tours. I was thinking that you would make a great tour guide as, as the robot. Yeah, I think I that should be part of I the should. Isn't there an automate? Couldn't you do like an automated recording? Like, hello, guest. Yeah. Welcome to the relevant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but, like but, they do at museums. Do you yeah. do a walking tour? But, but I should. It's, you know, it'd be funny if it right. was, if I, if I just acted like it was automated. That way, because here's the thing. What I want to know with the guests, I want to know what they really think because they're never yeah. going to yeah. tell their tour guide that. If they think I'm an automated <laughs> robot, right. Right? <laughs> right? And then I'm like, and they're like, I don't know who hung this wallpaper. It looks terrible. I'm like, I, then I turn around and be like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, you 
to meet them, and then I roll them back and meet the elderly couple, and, <laughs> and, I, just, and then I just slowly roll backwards. So in your right. scenario, th- in your scenario, they are so slow that when the tour future tours are happening, this yeah, hallway, guys, this one hallway, right, they haven't even. <laughs> yeah, guys. I mean, we're we're inches into this project right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got their technique is meticulous. Yeah, <laughs> it is literally a thread of wallpaper at a time. Like they are. <laughs> they are in their late seventies, and this is their. No, they're not. They're older than that. For they are deep into their nineties. This is their fourth contracted job. Yeah, <laughs> they have been <laughs> literally taken decades, but they look. They look. They look okay. It's like the yeah, Sistine Chapel. Look. It's like the Sistine Chapel. It just takes time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can I just say, man? Looking shredded, man. I have Shut to your ask mouth. You. I have to ask you. See, I see. You know, when you see somebody every day, you don't realize yeah. they're getting yeah. uglier. They're getting well, like you, the other. Like, yeah. like you're a little stubblier. But then you, like, like, like you don't see them in person for a yeah. while. It's like whoa. What I feel happened? like Eddie and I are going opposite directions right now. <laughs> right. Because I came in Eddie and gra- I came yeah. in, grabbed a hug from you and yeah. felt the stubble on the side of my face yeah. from your face. And it was, you know, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, what what are for those your, who don't know, Eddie really is mm, I don't know, getting healthy, losing a ton of weight. <laughs> <transformed>. <laughs> what is your fitness routine right now? Uh, well, are, I'm, you, are you doing it for real or is this just oh, happening? Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. Yeah. No, it. I've been doing CrossFit, but I'm trying not to be the guy that talks about CrossFit all the time. Yeah. Cause like, you know, I did it a couple years no, ago. You're a vegan CrossFitter. Mm, all right. right. It yeah. is the joke. Oh, it is the joke oh, that you right. put in there. It's like, right. you know, the joke, right? Yeah. How do you know if someone's a vegan? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. They'll tell you. <laughs> I the same thing with yeah. how do you know someone does CrossFit? Don't worry. They'll tell you. I, I, so I've been totally silent about it because I didn't, you know, everybody talks about it, but I do kind of love it. Okay. It's really hard. It is really hard. And, and I've like, like it's completely like, even though I've been doing it for like three weeks at the end of the workout, I'm everybody just kind of drops to the floor because okay. I can't. Yeah. I gave it a try because it's the hot thing. Still a hot thing. Still so hot. Still yeah. it is. I mean, there's a lot of people I doing it. Okay. Yeah. Chandler so. has heard of it. I mean, it was like P90X and then crossfitting yeah. and then like, I, but here's the thing about crossfitting. Yeah. One, <laughs> I don't like getting yelled at and I feel like that's a huge part of the CrossFit but workout. The, okay. Your person was unkind to you? They were well, they were unkind. It's their their voices at a level that I wasn't uncomfortable with. And I don't need encouragement. I don't. I don't hear you got it, buddy. You got it. How do you know I got it, dude? I'm dying up here. And the two times <laughs> I went, I threw up. Yeah. Because someone's in my face telling me I got it. Yeah. But guess what, dude? I don't got it. Yeah. I'm about to go throw up again. Just leave me alone and let me do the workout. And yeah, you know, let, this let me a, completely quit the workout right like, now. It's like it's it's like you're going to. It's, I'm used to a gym that's like that's got TVs up. That if I want to cheat and like watch first take or whatever it's yeah. on TV yeah. that that's an option right. I don't want some Adonis up in my face telling me I'm Dude. you know that I should be doing okay, more dude, pull-ups. Our, our new office is directly across the hall uh, our neighbor is, is title boxing it's yes. a boxing yeah. gym yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, wow. and and it says there's a sign in the window that says the best hour of your week yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm like, maybe I'll do this. You know, there's a ring. There's all the stuff. They do classes. And I'll tell you, I leave work at six and I'm walking by there and they have their doors open. And all I hear is this like mean instructor screaming at everybody. And I'm like, my life's too stressful. I don't want to go I, get exactly. yelled at. Do you, no. Is it boot camp style? For no, you? no, no. Ours CrossFit. It's in Lake Mary and CrossFit Lake Mary. Everybody's sounds really like, it's like a church outreach, right? No, yeah. no, it's not at all. It's but everybody, it sounds like a youth group. Yeah. CrossFit. No, they all kind of look like you meet at the elementary school. That's right. Our worship director is so awesome. Y'all. He's just so great. Coffee in the lobby. Yeah. Our pastor. 
What are they going to do for the inevitable Christian CrossFit parody shirt? Because they already beat him to the punch on it. Yeah. If you're going to go into Lifeway and get your CrossFit, like your jokey Christian CrossFit <laughs> shirt, and they're like, all right, we got this one. CrossFit, Christian version is... Crossfitted. We got nothing. It has has your pastor at CrossFit like Mary told you how hot his wife is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm curious. <laughs> I really like it because it's a bunch of like uh, guys my age of of similar fitness. Okay. Many better, some worse. Yeah. So we're all kind of like, hey, we hate this, but we also know we got to do something, right? Or yeah. we're gonna die. Yeah. So Every let's all I just go, I'm like I I get I get it I get it, and I'm impressed. What do you want me to do? <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. I'm gonna, like I'm gonna get on those two rings and pull my body weight up and you know kick my feet oh, out. Like that's my favorite. They're like, all right, so we're just gonna do a round of like for warm ups. You're like, uh, we're gonna do ten pull ups. I'm like, I literally can't hang. <laughs> like uh, my hands will crumble under the weight of my body. So I just, I just what would you like me to do? Down here by our office, yeah. and I, I didn't know he was even here. It's literally yeah. a block away. Yes. And I was going to lunch one day, and they were having an open house. And I'm like, yes. I don't know, there's a gym. Let's here. get yeah. in there. Went and checked it out. It is like a hotel spa. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's small. It's a boutique kind of yeah. spot because it's in an office tower. But I'm telling you, they have all like like the platters and the waters and the amenities yeah. and the whatever. And in the in the men's locker room, there's the hot tub and the sauna and the oh, whatever. Wow. So the other day at lunch, I was like, I'm going to go do a little the workout. Waxing. Yeah. And I have like a locker with my name on it. Oh, they have wow. laundry service. They have, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay? Right, right. And it's no more expensive than LA Fitness. I mean, it's like right. nothing. So... I, I'll go in the other day. I'm going to do a quick little workout at yeah, lunch. You fell asleep on a couch somewhere, right? <laughs> it didn't feel like working out. I just sat in the hot tub the entire time. Great. Took a shower, came back to work. Great workout. Yeah, great workout. Yeah. yeah. That, that is what I'm talking about. You got yeah. to have that option. Yeah. You go yeah. in there, good intentions, and you just come back relaxed. But I want that option. I don't want someone judging me. Right. I don't want someone monitoring my progress. I don't want to keep a notebook. You know, no <laughs> thanks, dude. I got no. crap I got to keep working oh, no. I don't need someone <laughs> telling me that I didn't finish a work. The big did not finish. Don't they put, what's it, don't they put that on the chalkboard? I don't need other people walking by a chalkboard. Did not finish. No, they don't put that on the chalkboard. What do they put if you can't finish it? No, they just everybody's really encouraging. Maybe you go to a bad one. Uh, yeah, I think you may have been in an awful like. <laughs> Are you sure this is a this is the Christian CrossFit? <laughs> yeah, I, you got one that's just nice to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mine. You know what? You know what it is? I joined the military. Really <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think you. I think you're in Green Beret training. I, they, I'm just they, in CrossFit. I, yeah, yeah, you signed up for the wrong. Boot I signed. Camp. I was at the. It was a booth, and they had a lot of people. It said boot yeah. camp. A lot of fit. Shape. And it literally was a boot camp, and I was dishonorably discharged. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, pretty quickly. Shamed, shamed, very, yeah. very shamed. But yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. We have a great show coming up in store for you today. Uh, coming up later, we talk to uh, our friend Carl Lenz, pastor of Hillsong, yeah. New York. He has a new book coming out. Uh, just came out this week, um, and it got it's getting great reviews. Yeah, and I'm saying this with a little bit of surprise in my voice, not because it's Carl. Yeah, but no. two reasons. Right. Uh, one, it's his first book, so yeah. who knew? Who, yeah. who knows? Second, yeah. lamestream media, Second, right? You know, let's be honest. A lot of pastors kind of just turn out kind of books that didn't need to be written. And I didn't know where this would land on the spectrum. Yeah. Okay. It's good. It's yeah. good. And the New York times yeah. gave it a really good review. Liberal and, rag propaganda. <laughs> and, and like, but like it's getting good reviews. And so I'm like, okay, this is like legit. Yeah. Good for Carl. So. You know what I like about him though? He has had the platform by which to write a book for many, many years. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit spoke to, 
like like the the book itself that it he waited this long because yeah. he I'm sure publishers have been contacting yeah, him for a while. Actually, yeah. I know that for a but fact. he like yeah. waited until he had something to say. Right. Yeah. So and I was really proud of him. And, yeah. and uh, I got the book a couple weeks ago, and I'm about halfway through it. And I'm enjoying it yeah. quite a bit. And he's yeah. everywhere. He's he was yeah, on yeah. Breakfast Club and the Breakfast Club. New York yeah. Times just did a big thing yeah. on him. Um, AP's doing something on him. I saw uh, helping out with some wallpapering here on the, <laughs> the Realm podcast. Yeah. He's um, yeah. he's coming up later. I'll, I like him a lot. Every like time, because it's always like, oh, he's Bieber's pastor, and you hear how people talk about him. Like, you know, they kind of like, that's his whole preface. Yeah. And then you talk to him, and you're like, he's yeah, a really, he's, he's, he's a great dude. Okay, literally, okay, I'm going to tell a little behind the scenes here. Okay. okay, he knows how he comes off on Instagram. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. very stylish. Yes. He he's, knows. Yeah. Yes. He's a good looking guy. He, he looks is, like he spent some time in the CrossFit gym. He is what beautiful. He looks like the guy yelling at me at the CrossFit gym. He was a Division gym. One athlete. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. I get it. But, but the guy, <laughs> the, the guy behind the scenes, yeah, is not the guy that you think he is. Yeah, right? yeah. If you don't know him, so uh, Cohen and I went up to New York last week, and it was Cohen's eighth birthday, yeah. and and I get free tickets on Delta once a year, and and we go wherever he wants to go for a birthday trip, and he picked New York. Well, obviously Hillsong, New York. Right. So right. on Sunday, you know, we're, we're there. Carl knows we're in town we're trying to meet up. Yeah. And on uh, Sunday morning, he texts me and he goes, hey, I'm actually going to be at our, our New Jersey campus. I assume you're probably going to Manhattan. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, we have a flight after I can't get out to New Jersey. He goes, you know, I, I'm going to come. I need to see you. I want to see you. I want to oh, see wow. Cohen. I'm going to come. So he's preached it in New Jersey. And then he went, came to Manhattan because he had something for Cohen. And if you know Carl at all, he always has a message Bible on him. And, yeah. he, and he puts Hillsong stickers on the cover. Yeah. And um, like Joel will tell this story. Joel Houston will okay. tell the story where like he and Carl, Carl, you know, you know, they know a lot of famous people. They're invited to a lot of crazy things, places. Carl will always have one of these Bibles with him. And like, let's say he's going to meet, you know, some person, NBA influencer, yeah. carrot, yeah. carrot top. He'll bring right. a Bible and he'll <laughs> hang out. And Joel tells me this. He'll hang out outside Reggie Jackson, the location for like 10 minutes or so. And he'll kind of be thinking about the person praying for him. And he'll write them a note inside the Bible yeah. and he'll go and he'll find scripture throughout the Bible and he'll highlight it and kind of put a paperclip on it. Like these are for like, this is for you. This is what God's mm. saying to you. And then he'll go and he'll meet the person. He'll spend some time with them, give them the Bible as a get, you know, that kind of thing. He came on Sunday to, to church to see Cohen because it was his birthday and he Cohen had seen one of the Bibles that Carl gave me years ago yeah. and, Carl th- and Cohen thought it was the coolest thing ever. Carl knew that he had brought a Bible for Cohen wrote a note about, about the man of God that he's becoming all this stuff found scripture that was for my son and wow. whatever and came out of his way to give that to him. Yeah. I mean, Cohen like took it to school the next day. It just meant yeah. the world to him. You pour into my kid. Yeah. I'm yeah. in your corner a thousand percent. And like he would be embarrassed to know that I told yeah. that story publicly. That's who he is behind the scenes. You yeah. know what I mean? He cares for people. He loves on them. And it's always about Jesus. Yeah. Like it is never about like with Carl, it's never about uh famous or this, that, whatever. Yeah. It's about just winning people to Jesus. And maybe there's a, you know, a, a thought that like these influential people, they come and live for the Lord publicly and it'll create even a greater testimony and drive even more people to Jesus. Maybe that's part of it. But like, it's not about him wanting to hang out with famous people yeah. he's the real deal man yeah. and like he's the substance is there with carl i'm excited he's on the show i today. was i was nervous that you were going to say and then he gave cohen a copy of his book and said please make sure your dad puts us on the podcast <laughs> so, so so you know like when a book comes out and people send it to us and yeah. stuff like that yeah. so he did send me a copy i have it yeah. yeah he wrote a note in it so the way that he and i met each other was years ago when the magic used to be good yeah okay and yeah. carl is a very competitive 
Yeah, he played it. He played guy. in the ACC. Yeah, in right. He yeah. likes talking the trash. Okay? Right. Yeah. Right. So back in like oh nine oh ten, when the Magic weren't being taken that seriously. I, you know, or whatever, but we were good or whatever. I was stressed out a lot. People on Twitter that would at me <laughs> and like talk trash about the magic. Yeah. I'll just block them. I yeah. don't need you that negativity yeah, in yeah. my life. 100%. You suffer, like, no, do what yeah. others as you're doing to you. I'm not going to at you and talk trash about your team. Yeah. Yeah. Say what you will about your team, but don't at me. Yeah. Okay. Well, this, this kind of jerk guy yeah. was at me about the magic after they lost some <laughs> playoff game. Yeah. I was yeah. like, who's this? I blocked him. Yeah. He goes over to Facebook. He's just talking trash on Facebook. I blocked him. Uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden I get all these emails from this dude apologizing, like whatever. And I'm like, I never read them. Like yeah. I was just seeing the previews. Yeah. Apologizing. Deleted. About six months later, Joel Houston tells me like, Hey man, why'd you, I saw him like at a concert. Yeah. He's like, Hey, why, why'd you block Carl Lentz on Twitter? And so I was really upset about it. And I was like, who's Carl Lentz? <laughs> and this is right before Hillsong yeah. was launching in New York. I didn't know this guy. He's just being, he's just, just being a jerk. Run of the mill, run of the mill NBA jerk. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. And so then I meet, you know, and I meet him and yeah. uh, you're not that bad of a guy or whatever, you know, yeah. we kind of become friends, you know, so yeah. has, you know, whatever. So in the book, he wrote this note to me or whatever, and he signed it. Go magic, and then he and wrote. Then that he was wrote, very painful to write. And yeah, then, that was. And, right. and then he wrote, "Can you please unblock me now?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's enough time passed. Yeah. No, it, was, it was years. It was years. No, like I'm. A, you stubborn. I'm more yeah. stubborn. Yeah. No, you. You never get an unblock. No, no, yeah. no way. Yeah, yeah. You politely say thank you for the book. Thank you for giving that Bible to Cohen and that deeply personal spiritual message. The answer is no, though, about the Twitter thing. Yeah, I'm still kind of. Yeah, still like yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to. That's I'm I just sh- not ready. I have a pretty strict yeah. never unblock policy <laughs> uh, also coming up on the show the welcome wagon uh is joining us they they're doing a uh they have a new album out yeah they're gonna uh, do a songs that change my life segment yeah. so i can't wait because the welcome Wagon. i mean as people here in the bio it's a husband and wife duo who are uh, pastors of a presbyterian church in brooklyn new york who have been known for their frequent collaborations with sufi and stevens it's a trifecta of cool yeah, uh, Presbyterian Church in Williamsburg. C- collaborations with Sufi. Was the Stevens, Presbyterian yeah. part part of the trifecta, or yeah, is it just the cool? It, or it's is it cool? just Brooklyn it's, yeah, Sufi? It's cool. Like it's cool. I feel like it, it's it's old school cool. Oh, you know I mean? it's not like a new Presbyterian it's church. Like, it's not like CrossFit Brooklyn here. No, they're going. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like a cool a cool church plant. Like they're old school. Yeah. Oh, I see. So they're yeah. like a traditional. Yeah, I get. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is the trifecta of cool. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. so that's they're coming up later. So that's yeah. exciting. Hey, uh, let's move the show along. It's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for in case you missed it. Hey, in case you missed it, the Clooney Foundation for Justice donated $1 million to investigate corruption in Africa. Yeah. The money is going to go to the Century, an organization uh, George Clooney co-founded in 2015, which employs analysts and investigators who track war profiteering in African countries. Uh, It's currently in a fundraiser campaign called Making War Criminals Pay to, quote, dramatically increase its production of dossiers focused on war criminals and their financial networks. In a statement, uh, Clooney explained... Our focus is to make sure that war crimes don't pay. We want to make it more difficult for those willing to kill in mass to secure their political and economic objectives. When we're able to go after the warlords' wallets and bankrupt those who choose the bullet over the ballot, suddenly the incentives are for peace, not war. Transparency, not corruption. In 2016, Century uncovered some of the war crimes that took place during the uh, Sudanese Civil War. This is such a cool initiative, and it's it's a lot. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, it's a lot like up like sort of like what IJM would do. And Systemic, just, thoughtful. 
and, and, and like when you cut off the head of the snake, yeah. you know, it, it, it well, has a I mean, effect. even politically, geopolitical things. I mean, like uh, d- sanctions against North Korea or Iran or yeah. whatever, you know, like the, affecting their, their uh, economy and their ability to do these yeah. things is almost, you know, more, not almost, yeah. it is more effective yeah. sometimes than uh, war or violence. Yeah. George Clooney saving the world. Can't, hey, in case you can't it. save his own movie career, though. That <laughs> movie's tanking. Which so one? Yeah. yeah. I heard it's super weird. Yeah. Oh, we I heard from Relevant. Yeah, we did a review. <laughs> I'm glad. Did the you read this? I always. I read like two s- s- sites. And so every time yeah. I ever talk about anything in the show, I'm basically just uh, yeah, bringing up Relevant. Con, which was written by the Coen brothers, directed by George Clooney, and yeah. stars Matt Damon. So you would think with that caliber. And, and Julianne Moore, who's like yeah. one of the greatest actors of all but time. Tonally, it was just all over the place and hasn't connected. It, it yeah. was like mismarketed. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It so was, was the a, movie bad or was the expectations of what it was supposed to be bad? Uh, from, from our movie review or both because uh, it, it was like almost, it was trying to do too much. And when you try to do too much, you end up not doing anything. You know, like when you try to do a bunch of different things. Yeah. Right. Is this like a life lesson yeah, that you're trying to teach all people sort of thing? It, it yeah. was, is that where we're going? It, that's what the CrossFit instructor was screaming at me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're doing too much, Jesse. I, well, in fairness to him, I trapped on a weight belt. I was yeah. wildly swinging things and then yeah. I jumped for one of the rings and it was a dangerous move. I yeah. waxed my neighbor yeah. in the head with a with a flying kick. You had like cool flippers on for some reason. It was yeah, a whole to do. Uh, I had one of those masks that the football players wear to restrict my brain. Oh, yeah. That, that's why I passed out <laughs> yeah. because I forgot to take a little point. Did you I see Literally just not breathing. Did you see that Wendy Williams clip of her passing out yeah, on, on air? Halloween. Yeah. Golly. It, a- like once I knew she was okay, it turned hilarious. But yeah. watching it of, for Can the first time, you were just watching her show. It, it, really, looked, it really looked like she live, she died. It, it really uh, did. Uh, it looked and, like she, and you hear the gasping and the, and yeah. the camera doesn't move and she's just gone. Mm-hmm. People are screaming. It's yeah. just like, can you imagine it? And they, they cut to commercial. Yeah. What happened? Like when they came back from a commercial, did like Stan, the producer come on camera? What no, she, I, I think she came back. I mean, she finished the show. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Right. She okay. kind of like, Here, here's another crazy story. So, um, in case I, you missed it. Yeah. So if you guys, uh, I, I hope so. I assume everyone is, is listening to the sports podcast. We had a guy on from relevant ESPN. is doing a sports podcast. Yeah, relevant is doing a sports podcast. Um, we had a guy on from ESPN. Can we talk about it for a minute? Yeah. You're two episodes in yeah. two episodes. How do you think it's going? I mean, I'm looking at Nathan and Chandler because they have to listen to it over and over again. I'm having fun. I like doing it. I, I like feel it. Like it's going uh, uh, reasonably you know, well. You know I what think I think? Well, I think you are having fun and you're really excited. Yeah, I am on very Mike, excited. you come off excited. I, yeah. hey, hey, everybody, it's Jesse Curry. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, you know, listen, listen, come back alive. The listeners are excited. <laughs> see what? See what that's, you think about that's that? Another uh, lesson reason. I learned from my CrossFit instructor when I was yeah. crying, and I said, "Why are you so excited?" They said, "When I'm excited, you're excited." He went. Excitement manifests itself in tears. You're right, though. He went from being on this show where he's arguably the third or fourth best cast member, (laughs) you know, and then depending on who's in the producer chair, to being at least the second or third on on his own show where he gets to host and uh, welcome everybody to the sports podcast. What's funny to me is the the you guys both have other shows that you do on our network, uh, Eddie with the New Activist, and Mm. Eddie on the New Activist. 
It's thoughtful. Very thoughtful. Thoughtful. Not an idiot. On today's show. Look, we're talking sports here. Eddie's talking about. Uh, I'm talking about genocide. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm talking about this week. If you know the baseballs are juiced in the World Series, and why didn't they start juicing them earlier? Because it's awesome to watch. It makes the game <laughs> Dude, so much I thought better. I thought that was so interesting. It, it is. They've got to be. They've got to be. If you want more on this hot take, listen to this week's sports fast cast. And I'm, there's I'm no way it's just because it's I'm no way to plug. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get in sports mode because I'm getting all excited here because this is. A fascinating conversation. Back to you, Steve. What do you think? <laughs> oh, uh, hey, do you if, you want to hear, if you want to hear us, hey, everybody, it doesn't carry. Go back to you. Your Jesse impersonation is almost that. Harry Carey. Well, Harry Carey combined with the computer nerd from The Simpsons. Oh, but the thing is. Fascinating conversation, by the way. Not just about juice baseball. So, we got a hot take on that that everyone should hear. And we have Rob. Bell on this week. Why? The guy is... Farewell, sports podcast. Oh! <laughs> oh high five. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Every up, time. He had a sign wanted to be on, and I was so like... So he's just a fan of the show. Whoa. He, he's philosophical. I mean, when you hear him, uh, Nathan and Chandler, did Rob Bell not... Was it just me? He was he kind got, of blowing my mind. He with got, some, got pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. About like coaching stuff or yeah. like, about molecules and, you know, all these <laughs> no, things. Yeah. How great. It's, <laughs> hey, all, oh, yeah. all that, it, no matter what you think, it's a, it's a, I, I felt like a pretty fascinating listen. He's like pitching a show. I know. No, right? no, but <laughs> listen or subscribe. Funny. Head over to RelevantMagazine.com. <laughs> yeah, backstory about a guy ESPN 18 on air from our ESPN guest we have. It's a movie oh, target. Right. He has had a guy from, he does the uh, fantasy football show on ESPN yeah. and he's a big relevant fan and, and uh, uh, early 2000s all, Christian alternative music yeah, fan. Yeah, he wears like, uh, you'll see him wear like Me Without You t-shirts on ESPN and so I was like, this is a guy I gotta talk to. Eddie, he actually, uh, he went to Full Sail. This is uh, a backstory. Oh, yeah. And uh, briefly, uh, he went to Summit for a time. He said he knows who you are, Eddie. That's so, and he's on ESPN, so kind of big deal. But he gave me a backstory about a co-host fainting on air. I just wove that thread in there so I could talk about the sports podcast. Rob Bell's on this week. I'm plugging away. <laughs> Listen, folks. We, hey, hey, but with guests, we try to keep a moving target. We got someone from ESPN. We this got, is like listening to the I, show. I, in the totality of being on the new activist, have not talked about it this much ever. No, no, I love it. Let, let me just say we got a... Hey, hey, real oh, quick. Man. If the name's Mitch Album, uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah, Tuesdays with Maury, which is written about our wallpaper. Paper installers. Uh, <laughs> Sam Ponder. Nice like, joke. There's a lot of, we got a lot of guests coming out on the pipeline. Hey, so you guys are getting Sam Ponder. That's, uh, I, I, I don't want to put a date on it, but she's agreed. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Wow. So, Congratulations. Thanks. She's pretty uh, sweet. She's, she's a very high profile uh, sports reporter. Exactly. I have a question. A lot of people want to be on the and, show. And so, can I ask so Eddie can throw as much shade as we want. Hey, no. Eddie gets I, I love your show. Lining up. They're oh, lining Eddie up. gets all the, uh, all the justice people are out there actually changing the world. Want to be on his show. Yeah. I have a question for you. Cool. How are you going to handle <laughs> soccer? Because you don't love soccer. We talked a little bit about soccer this week. Just listen to the show. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Just listen to the show. Because I, might, like, I, might, wait, I might cut the soccer part out. Because the women's... Because like... We'll get back to it. Exactly. Because yeah. like yeah. the women's soccer team, women's US soccer team, they're amazing. You should... Oh, we could probably get you Alex Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That'd be fun. We we, we're going to... Um, 
Yeah, we we we, we try to keep a couple of people in the pipeline. So anyway, anyhow, listen and subscribe. So over. What, what else did we miss this week? Hey, in case <laughs> <you> missed it. <laughs> hey, you're not the host of this one, big guy. We just we just follow Dad. The rest of us just sit here. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, this week Mark Wahlberg said uh, he prayed for forgiveness for starring in Boogie Nights. Yeah, good for him. Uh, the oh, actor man. appeared at an event with Cardinal Blaise Kupich in Chicago last week to talk about his faith and some of his past career choices while standing alongside the Cardinal. Uh, he said, I just always hope that God is a movie fan and also forgiving uh, because I made some poor choices in my past. He was then asked if he prayed for forgiveness for any specific movies <laughs> to which he replied. Uh, Boogie Nights is up there at the top of the list. <laughs> he also discussed his at times violent past. He had gotten to a lot of like uh, brawls on yeah. the basketball courts, kind of like the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Um, and why he wants to help young people avoid the mistakes he made. Uh, he said, I've never been shy about sharing my past and the bad decisions I made and being affiliated with gangs, being incarcerated. So absolutely. I can't, was it incarcerated pre funky bunch. He was, he it was pre punk funky bunch. Yeah. Yeah. He actually, as a teenager attacked a, what it was a, was it a uh, Vietnamese uh, immigrant? A Vietnamese Tyler? immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think he blind. No, the, the rumor was that he blinded him, but it turned out that the immigrant had actually been blind in one eye before the attack. But he did injure a but he's Vietnamese been, immigrant and went to jail for it. And he's been very contrite about it ever since. Yeah, it was a racist, racially motivated attack. And but he has he sought forgiveness from the immigrant himself uh, in recent years, and I believe received forgiveness from him. Yeah. So uh, he continues. So absolutely, I think uh, they can identify with me on a personal level, and that's why I've continued to try to do as much as I can to help young people. It's one thing to give money or to start programs, but to be there and to be able to talk to them and tell them that there's someone who has been through the same things they're going through and was able to turn their life around and turn into a big positive. That's cool. It makes me want to go have lunch at Wahlburgers today. Jesse, you want to do that? Yeah. Dude, I've been hearing the hype. I would love Wahlburgers to go to is right Let's here on the block. We're going to Wahlburgers. Hey, if Dude, you come visit our office and, and the robot takes you on the tour, mm -hmm. have the tour culminate well, after the gift shop yeah. at the Wahlburgers. I tried, I, I tried to take the robot to Wahlburgers. The other day. I fell on the stairs. I injured the robot pretty bad. Um, it's a big staircase out there. And again, the depth perception thing. I was going to wait at the top and just have someone to carry me. I rolled a little bit too close at the top stair. Just tumbled down. I I knocked someone down on the way out. It was, uh, yeah. I sought their forgiveness though. But when, when we go to the Wahlburgers, as you go back to the, the restrooms, they yeah. don't have wallpaper the way we do. Yeah. No. They have Mark Wahlberg movie posters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did he yes. ask forgiveness for daddy's home too? We're <laughs> <laughs> <Or> just. <laughs> hey, in case you missed it, the Roots and Bilal played a powerful Tiny Desk performance this week. During the set, uh, which features stripped down arrangements in the NPR offices, much like the ones we do here, uh, they played the song It Ain't Fair, which was featured in the film Detroit about the city's race riots. Questlove previously explained to Pitchfork that the song was designed to emphasize the importance of social justice through the prism of late 60s Detroit, which means many things culturally and politically, and also certain things musically. Adding, music has the power to express both anguish and hope. Here's a clip. It ain't fair. It's hard when you're looking for love. And it ain't there. Oh, try to read what the That was the Roots and Bilal on the Tiny Desk. So good. Yeah. So Incredible. good. 
Hey, in case you missed it, uh, Millie Bobby Brown wrapped a recap of season one of Stranger Things to get people ready to binge season two. Now, I happen to just be watching this because it was on. Yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, she's the actress who plays Eleven, yeah. as people know. And she's doing a great job doing the interview. Eleven. Yeah. She's 13 years old. Anyway, she's she's doing great in the interview, right? <laughs> Too they, scary. They, and then they go away to a commercial break and they come yeah. back and Jimmy Fallon sets up the fact that she's going to do a rap to recap everything that's going on and Stranger Things to get people ready. I'm sitting there watching it and I literally said out loud, could you be could you imagine being 13 and doing this, she was like a good rapper. That's the thing. I thought it was going to be a novelty. When right. I watched it, I was like, no. well, this won't make the cut. And I watched it, I'm like, she is really good. Uh, <laughs> so here we go. The 13-year-old British actress killed the unexpected Tonight Show performance. Here is a clip. Let's go back to Indiana, circa 1983. Just four boys in the basement, chilling, playing D&D. There was Lucas, there was Willie, Will, and Dustin. There was a mic, but one night, Will goes missing while he's riding on his bike. Yikes! That's when they met me a lab. I had no hair on my head. I had been so close to dead. Courtesy of Dr. Brenner, who's hunting me 24-7. Joyce was hanging Christmas lights in the web. Started hearing something Willie had said. This could be a message from the beyond. What happened to Bob? She's just gone in the upside down. Hoppers on top of the case. Well, I'm throwing fans into space. I'm lying down in a tank. Trying my best to find Willie and Dustin's got put in for days. Demagogues getting all in my way. Blasting the pieces just like a grenade. Will's now at home cuffing slugs in the sink. What happened to me? Were the root, were, was that the Roots playing with her? Yeah. Gosh. Can you imagine Boy. being 13, a British girl, and, and you're she, rapping for and the, she had with swag, the Roots? too. She wasn't like... It wasn't just like, I'm reciting lines. Yeah. No, she had like yeah. slow yeah. and like... I know. It was I really good. It. Yeah. It's amazing. Good for her. And lastly, in case you missed it, Will Ferrell's PSAs about iPhone distracted parents are tragically hilarious. Eddie, <laughs> listen to this. I don't know. Will Ferrell has teamed with the organization Common Sense Media for a new collection of PSAs for the hashtag device free dinner campaign. Each of the brief videos shows a family seated at a dinner table with the husband slash father played by Will Ferrell distracted with his phone. Here's a clip. I'm not hungry. What's wrong, sweetheart? I miss Daddy. I know. We all miss him. I miss him more. No, no, I miss him the most. I miss him a lot. No, no I, I, miss I, him. I literally I miss, I miss him. I miss, I miss him more. so hey, much more. Hey, everyone shut up. This filter makes me look like a cat. <laughs> it's so funny. It's making me cry. <laughs> Anything Will Ferrell does, yeah. <laughs> it's like you give him any lines. Tell you watch these, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're just loving softballs to this guy. Like, yeah, he can't. He can't. He doesn't have a bad read. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't know. They were on the site, Eddie. I know yeah. you're trying to keep up with us. So I Which site? You, uh, uh, never uh, been there. Uh, Sorry. Magazine.com. No, but anything he does. But the best role that he plays is is, is, is exactly get is, off the shed. I drive a Dodge Stratus. Like like a, a dad slash father who. Yeah. Tucks his shirt into khakis every day, shows yeah. up to his nine to five and comes home, yeah. puts, puts food on the table, but has which is, which seething is, rage under the surface. <laughs> and it either manifests itself yeah. hilariously by yelling he's getting to get off the show right. or, you know, right. playing cat games on his phone. Which is why uh, you would have thought Kicking and Screaming and Daddy's Home would have been better movies. Yeah. Kicking and Screaming had some funny scenes. The concept was great, but it was well, too kidding. He, he asked, Daddy's Home. The concept is there. Yeah. And yeah. it's just something's off. It's, yeah. it's almost like your Coen brothers. Uh, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's almost like those guys 
get to a place where uh, the studio d- feels like, ah, we don't have to give notes anymore. It's a Coen Brothers. Like, yeah, yeah. We don't have to give Will Ferrell notes. Someone should give him like notes. Everybody, like, everybody <laughs> needs a little notes, help yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. All right, well, that'll do it for In Case You Missed It. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Don't hold me loose. Please grip me tight. My lungs are paper dry from fear of losing sight. Oh, take my palms. We'll build a wall around this town. Tomorrow's dawn, you'll be long gone, long gone, long gone. You're listening to Fum Vifurit. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Fum Vifurit. There you go. The longest song. The song is long gone. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Beck with "Up All Night." Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I actually flew on an airplane this morning, and I have a lot of two of them, two of airplanes this morning, and I have a lot of thoughts about flights. As anyone who does, uh, um, is this a slice you're setting up? Anyone who does, what well, does anyone, that anyone, anyone who anyone who who flies, I feel like automatically has a bunch of observations. About the Why is the captain come on saying yeah. what's well, the deal? Yeah. Okay. Am I coming up to the okay. captain saying I'm eating the peanuts before, now? Before, Not the whole thing. Before flying is getting so expensive. Yeah, so <laughs> no, but expensive. Smaller seats. Exactly. It's, I can't check a bag. It's the go-to uh, place for observational comedy. But there's a reason because yeah. at some point these airlines, <laughs> all of them are the same at this point. They get you from point A, point B. But all of them try to up their game to be like, oh, this is the cool airline. We're so laid back. We're so chill. We're gonna come and have our captain come on and do three minutes of bad comedy before the flight. Right. It's like, hey, oh, captain. You're about Southwest. Yes, I'm talking about a new promotion. Well, with- well, can I preface this? Because yeah. I know where you're going. Okay. I, I was I was just on a Southwest flight. Okay. Heading back to Orlando. And they're like, who's excited about seeing Mickey Mouse? And everybody's silent. And then this guy holds up his iPhone to the mic yeah. and plays like the entirety of four songs. And you know, it's such a shrill sound yeah. anyhow. And it was just like these really awful songs being played through a shrill mic. And I was like, this is as bad as it could get until I heard your slice. So, and I, I need to talk about Southwest in a minute, but in addition to this news, but they are re-kicking off the live at 35 in-air uh, concerts unannounced with man. basically up-and-coming country oh, wow. artists from Nashville. Man. Uh, you could be surprised on a boy. Southwest flight and hear live music that you didn't want. So so, so they are forcing country music on you while you're trapped in a tube with strangers. Here, That's here right. Is, here That's is right. a recap from a press release that they recently did. Uh, it's in collaboration with Warner Music to try to promote some of their young artists. And this one uh, was a guy named Devin Dawson. Um, and it said, after the concert in the clouds wrapped, <laughs> oh man, oh. the young singer walked the aisles handing out super, souvenir guitar picks and compact discs to his audience. His audience were people who were strapped into seats that couldn't yeah. go anywhere. That literally they had to listen to this. Yeah. What the, the only thing more awkward, you know, the most awkward part of flying right now is when they do the demonstrations that they have to do. And they, they sure everyone knows how to buckle seatbelt. And everyone knows how. 
everyone knows how to exit a plane if you, it crashes. You really are going into you really, oh right yeah, now. oh yeah. You could just tell. <laughs> well, he just pushed the computer away, and now he's looking up, and he's like, all right, now I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna do I, a minute and a half that I workshopped. You know what, but, but, but you know what I do when I do that because I think it's ridiculous that we still have to have this mandatory tutorial. Yeah, right. I look, I this this flight is is a connecting flight. I just got you know that I just got off a flight. Okay, I just went. Through, I didn't forget. I didn't forget not to help the person next to me before helping myself. Okay. Yeah. I just heard this an hour ago. Right. I always pull out my phone and I, I hold it up to eye level so that they can see I'm playing on my phone and not looking at them. Yeah. I don't want to give them the satisfaction. Why? I put it. It's, it's just, ridiculous. It's it is ridiculous. This is mean. It, well, if if, You're, if it's cruel, if Devin Dawson they, showed up on my flight yeah, would, and started playing guitar, you better believe well, that's true. I would. I would immediately go ding. <laughs> and keep pressing the bell until they brought me pillows where I could put them over both ears, stand up and look at Devin Dawson and shake my head. And if he tried to give me a, a, a souvenir guitar pick, and who gives out compact, who calls them compact disc? What kind of pretentious Just go on Spotify. Exactly. Just give me a link to a Spotify list if anything. Maybe I'll check it out, but I doubt it, Devin. The, the other thing is like, I don't want, I don't want cutesy videos that with the safety instructions where it's it's basically like a la la land version of how to put your seatbelt on with this choreography <laughs> just show it and get it over with i don't need to be greeted by the president of the airline to tell him how yeah that's a delta move yeah, yeah it's like i get it okay i it, the other thing is too like when these uh, uh flight attendants come on with a mic and they do their stand-up routine <laughs> I, There's I a saw reason they're flying the the other day, and it was the Southwest guy, and he was doing all the announcements as uh, Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny and stuff like that. Just like, come on, Dude, man. No yeah. one, the only time I, I don't fly Southwest very often, I'm a Delta guy, but but the the only time I've been on Southwest flight where they they try to do shenanigans, that's their thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're one of the early we're Group A, we're loading in, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody goes to open a overhead to put their suitcase in there. And one of the flight attendants was in it, in the overhead bin. What? And like sprung what? out. It's like sprung out. She was like small and she like sprung out and like, and everybody screamed. <laughs> and then she like ran, you know, it was that's, really, that's that's actually, that was actually, that was good. Good. That's that's good. Good. that was a good one. It only works once. Yeah, like, don't kill it. Don't do it every, like do that all to you. You know she does it every flight though because there's always a new audience. The only, like, the, here's, the other thing is like, the airlines have too many wannabe singers and too many wannabe comedians and right. not enough wannabe magicians. Because if a flight attendant, if a flight attendant came down the row doing close-up magic. You know who complained? Nobody. Even even the cynical guy with like his laptop out and his big earphones in and like the neck, the yeah. neck cushion. Yeah. Even he would be like kind of like interested peering over the seat like, oh, that was pretty good. Anyway, be prepared. Be prepared for live music on a flight. It, it makes me not want to fly Southwest, even yeah. if it's like $100 cheaper. I, 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 saw I would the pay news $100 that, not to have to go to a concert. I don't want to have to go. Especially country. Exactly. I mean, I, if it was like some nice and, songwriter, that'd be bad enough. Yeah, but and I, just a young country artist that's just struggling. Like, you know, they're embarrassed. They don't want to be there. And, and because you have, as a passenger, you, you have no recourse. All you have, because you can't obviously can't mess around on a plane. You can't. You, all you have is to audibly groan and use your body language. Like before another song, <laughs> he's, like, your he's like, yeah, or he's like, he's like, all right, I, my next song, uh, next one. Oh. Oh. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the 
No, thank you, Devin. Because you do anything no, else. No, Devin. Because if you do no. anything else other than that, like you could probably legit get arrested by an air marshal. I don't. I, I, that's even borderline how much you're groaning, but that's your only move. You're so. just sitting there watching, but you're like hands covering your mouth. Sit down, Devin. <laughs> hey, Devin, you're terrible. Oh, that's terrible. Hey, Tyler, what do you have? Okay, so um, I, I had two slices that I'm bringing today. The only because one of them is very short. I wanted to see if any of you guys were aware of this uh, because I found a slice that took place in Winter Park, Florida, which is uh, no longer the uh, the location of the relevant offices as I understand it, right? But some of you guys still live in or around Winter Park up there? Yeah, I mean, is this yeah a we're, only, we're five miles yeah. away. Is this I mean, a map-based slice? <laughs> This is yeah. Is I that just wanted to let you guys know because that, <laughs> that is a, a short slice. <laughs> there's a city called Winter Park. There's it's never winter in Florida. It's crazy. I just want to bring that to your attention. No, no it's uh, the but, park that people come to during winter. It's yeah. it's yeah. A, like when you're miserable up north, come down to Winter branding. Park. It's bad branding. It would have never. It's Iceland, fly today. Iceland versus Greenland. Um, but the but this is just a one sentence slice, basically. That yesterday on Halloween, a baby named Frankenstein was born in Winter Park, Florida. What? Yes. Is that legal? I like. It's, I thought they wouldn't let you name no, no, your kids. No, 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 no. This is according to the Orlando Sentinel. It's the baby's last name. Oh, it is the baby. Oh, it is. Oh, it, 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 Oscar, Oscar Franken. Oh, it's even worse. Oh, Frankenstein yeah. at least kind of yeah. cool. So a, yeah. a family with the last name Frankenstein had a baby in Winter Park <laughs> on Halloween. Yeah, on Halloween. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta name it Doctor. Yeah. Yes. Right. Or, yes. Uh, you're, right. you're right. You're right. Right. Or Frank. Frank Doc. Frankenstein. That's great. Because <laughs> what was the monster? Frank Frankenstein. That's kind of funny. Doctor Frank. Did the like, because because you ruined it. It would be great if he became a doctor and was like Doctor Doctor Frankenstein. Doctor Doctor Frank Frankenstein. Yeah. You basically made him a Doctor Seuss character. Blah blah blah. That's not my real slice. My real slice. This is what I'm talking about. It sometimes it can be really hard to be funny you know like oh, <laughs> it's just not that easy Eddie, you would know, you would know <laughs> i would know i do stand up three times a day from the here to clearwater flight on southwest and <laughs> hey, <laughs> despite despite someone in the back going oh <laughs> wrap it up eddie <laughs> you're terrible <laughs> That was a Seinfeld joke. We know it. <laughs> Anyhow, continue on. All right. So this is about a, a company in Tokyo called Piala Incorporated. And uh, evidently, they were having an issue with uh, with smoke breaks. The The issue was that the there were employees in the company who smoked. They were on the 29th floor of a building. So every time these employees got went out to take a smoke break, it's like a 15... You know, it's a big, long elevator ride down to the ground floor. You take like 15 minutes to have your cigarette, long elevator ride back up. The estimation was that it ended up adding an extra something like 15 minutes to a half hour in terms of commute to your single smoke break. And other employees who did not smoke said, this isn't fair. These people are end up with an extra hour or so of time a day, maybe twice a day to go have their smoke break while we have to work. So what the company did is they added an extra six vacation days to non-smokers in the building that are not accessible to people who do smoke that they get every single year to make up for the fact that they don't go on smoke breaks throughout the day. That seems like a pretty rational thing because I, n- I never yeah. understood the, the, the logic of a smoke break. Like some people, they just feel entitled because they have this bad habit right. to take breaks. So I could see that docking them or taking away vacation time or giving other people yeah. because that, well, why should non-smokers not get, you know, a, a break to go outside and, you know, just stand right. there, you know? Yeah. 
So. I, I, I think it's reasonable. I'm surprised that it doesn't happen more often or that this is the first. I wonder if this would start like a, a craze. Yeah. Or, what they said was that they're hoping that this will actually encourage smokers to uh, to cut back on smoking a little bit. And according to the uh, to, to MSN to MSNBC, uh, four people in the company have already quit smoking just so they can get those extra week, almost a full week of vacation days. Cameron, what, one of the things that I appreciate about relevance, you know, there, there's never been like a smoking break thing. You know, we don't want smoking around here, but mm. we can smoke because, while we work because I thought at one point, you know, when I was just getting really burnt out and I thought mm. there were like breaks involved, I almost took up very elaborate Gandalf pipe smoking. Oh because yeah. Cause that would take just to get that, that thing going. Oh I mean, yeah. Like 20 minutes. So my break, <laughs> the big circle about, and then the, ship and goes I, through yeah, it blowing chips through there and so i almost took that up to you know th- that would entitle me to about two two and a half hour breaks a day because that's how long that pipe takes to get going so hey what do you have eddie well i think this is uh just maybe this would be a good retaliation and conversation for us to have in relation to the carl lens uh blocking people a judge on the hawaiian island of maui i like i needed to say that i could have just said maui but handed down a sentence to a guy who pleaded no contest to violating a protection order preventing him from contacting his ex-girlfriend so this guy Darren Young, we'll say his name out loud, Darren Young, chose to write 144 unkind texts to his uh, ex-girlfriend. So they, had a, so they had a bad breakup, and apparently he just went nuts on her, yeah. right? Which is certainly abusive and super messed up. But the ruling in it, what the judge said was, you have to write down 144 compliments as you're like, this is what you will do in order to pay for this crime. So hopefully none of the the, uh, the unkind things he said were like, uh, uh, you know, dangerous. Hopefully they were just yeah. surface level because yeah, now he's like got to he's yeah. got to sit down like writing, you know, on the blackboard as an elementary school kid style and write 144 kind things about her. And the judge is going to check it to make sure that he has written 144 kind things. I kind of love it. I love this eye for an eye. I, well, I, I know who this for. I love creative justice. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, I like judges that basically like, I don't know how it's legal. I didn't go to law school. Yeah. I feel like if you're a judge, you should pretty much have to stick to on the books. Like you can't just make up your own penalties. for yeah. things. But there are these guys out there that yeah. do it, you right. know, and I'm not into like public shaming, like if you have to wear a shoplifting sign, but some sort of creative thing like this, I yeah. think it's great. And if I was a judge, every, every crime that was guilty, no one would be serving jail time, but they would be doing things that they definitely don't want to have to do. You know? Yeah. The judge said, I don't know if I should cut off your fingers or take away your phone to get you to stop texting. Uh, and then he said, you probably shouldn't have a phone at all, actually. And then he, uh, he received probation and some fines and community service as well as he had to do this this texting but i feel like we should do that with people on uh like that comment like on a you know every rob yeah. bell article that's posted yeah or, just be or, like or if or you want to or someone who like is on a podcast network with another host and like is making fun of them on one of the other podcasts <laughs> i think there'd be some punitive measure that we right. can imply like they know? would say like you're really good at hosting a podcast or yeah, you're really good so. good friend yeah. or you have you have <laughs> a nice make you wear a sandwich board outside yeah you're sense. really creative um you're super funny, Tyler. Yeah, the funniest guy in the podcast. Yeah, that is a really good. Yeah, it was. you know what the punishment would be? It's like he, I sentenced you to seventeen Devin Dawson 
concerts in the sky. No, Josh. Yeah. No, please. <laughs> oh, I'm a change man. I'm a change man. Yeah. So in response to all this, Chandler, I would like to say thank you for all of your hard work on the show and for being such a good and loyal friend. Oh, and thank you. We, so have, we have to present you <laughs> three <laughs> flights to here Nashville and back. Uh, to here. Come right back. The Devin Dawson. Devin Dawson. Souvenir guitar picks, man. I just think the sound quality, too. I mean, it's got to sound because it's already well, so loud. He, he, he wanders around. He sings yeah. to you up uh, and down the aisle. Oh, gosh. No, 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 no. There's a mic. There's a mic. Yeah. Oh, it's like some sort of like a mariachi band. Like, listen, man. I got to catch up on my Netflix. At least that's like whimsical. At least those mariachi guys know this is a big, a big funny joke. You know? Not I don't like, think they know that. Dawson I think that's their around. music. Yeah, but they just, they're at, they're working at Chi Chi's. So they just put a huge, so, comically large sombrero on you. That sort of salsa out of the brim. I think they know it's like, but, but there's a, there is somewhere uh, listening to this show, a mariachi guitar player who just like realized Santa Claus isn't real. It was like, what? Like people aren't coming to have their birthday here just to hear me. I yeah. love this music. This is my favorite. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Carl Lentz joins us. Liza Ann. The song is Paranoia. This week's featured guest is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Building a site from Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can choose one of their beautiful templates, and you can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. If you're a hardcore programmer, you can customize it as deeply as you want. If you don't know what you're doing, you can play nice with their templates, and it still looks beautiful and professional. Squarespace makes adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free. And uh, you can even design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning uh, templates, settings, and more, all without a single plug-in. DevinDawsonMusic.com is already taken, so oh. you'll need to figure out another sort of <laughs> Squarespace site to build. DevinDawsonWon'tStopSinging.com. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you'll Say do it. Say no to Devin Dawson Music. Why is Devin Dawson singing on my flight.com? <laughs> is available. Can you, how do you spell oh, DevinDawson.com? <laughs> Actually, that's a pirate site. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, too it's, many R's. Oh, yeah. Hey, don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. Uh oh. Um, Right now, Squarespace is offering Relevant Podcast listeners a special deal. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. <laughs> Do it. You'll like it. I believe DevinDawson.com yeah, is available, but Devin Dawson Music, his website, is not available. Do you feel like you wouldn't have bought Devin Dawson to start with? Public, please <laughs> jump on that. Yeah. Please buy and, and just like has like a big Southwest plane and a guitar with like the, the red line, like Ghostbuster sign. <laughs> Let's start a movement here, people. Devin and this is, hey, let Devin know this ain't personal. It's just a bad. He don't want to be there as much as he we don't want to be there. there. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Devin, this was not his dream. We're doing you a favor, Devin. Yeah. Carl Lentz is the pastor of Hillsong NYC, one of the most influential churches in the country. He's also the author of the new book, Own the Moment, which looks at his own faith journey, as well as the intersections of faith and everything from social issues to racism to celebrity culture and the rise of social media. 
We recently spoke with Carl about the book and why it's so important for Christians to engage with all levels of culture. Here is Carl Lenz. So let's talk about the book a little bit. Can you give me the, uh, the, like the elevator pitch, basically? Elevator pitch is that you have so much more opportunity than you think you do to impact people. And if you are focused on what you don't have, you will not use what you do have, and you'll never know what you could have had. That's the elevator pitch. Like, on the moment, to me, it's less about control, which is like an easy an easy, you know, leap to say, oh, it's about controlling your days. It's so much deeper. To me, it's understanding the nature of the situation you're in and accepting your place in it. From there, that's on you. But the initial thing I'm trying to get people in is own the moment. Whatever moment it is, accept your place where you are realistically in that moment and now go. Now work, now dream, now serve. And so if it's your marriage, own the moment. If it's your, your job at Starbucks, own the moment. What can you do? What can you not do? And there's peace in that and there's God's grace in that. And we have a lot of people that are, you know, neglecting their moment and, or resenting their season and frustrated with what they see and they miss out on what they can do. So my hope with this book is that people are going to read it and go, you know what? I can't save the world, but my gosh, I can change my office. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't go into the White House and le- legislate new new things. But my goodness, I can go to law school tomorrow and crush it and be absolutely ready to grow, you know. So that to me is the essence of the book. Everybody, I mean we're we're talking in the context of of the church obviously, but this applies to everybody. Everybody wants to make a difference. Uh everybody wants sees sees wrongs they want to set right. They there's things they want to bring justice to whether they have that in the context of the kingdom of God or just a sense that something is wrong in their own hearts. How do you how do we balance that desire to ch- see real big uh systemic change with the fact that you're talking about that a lot of times the biggest thing the most effective thing we can do is just talk to our neighbors. Yeah, easy. Um, Number one, I stopped assuming that everybody wants to make a difference. I used to think that, I no longer do. So after we establish that you do want to make a difference, which I know a lot of take for granted, I always point to somebody like Martin Luther King, who I say the most famous speech he made was what? I have a dream. But the Mm -hmm. difference between Martin Luther King and a lot of, you know, young people or even us today is he said, I have a dream while he was walking. After the speech, he went back to probably a dingy motel, got on another bus, probably spent some more time in jail, probably waited through some death threats and and continued to organize boycotts and pickets. So I have no problem with big dreams. I have a huge problem with little steps. Hmm. And I'm trying the way I balance. I want to see the church grow. I want to see the local church reach more people. Uh, But I sure as heck am not going to sit on my knees you know, and just will it to happen or, or act like I'm praying, I'm going to build the church that God called me to be a part of. Let's, if you don't mind, I want to take it a little more personal just to your own experience from where you were at when you start, when you first heard it out, when you got into the ministry to where you're at today, where Hillsong is at today. How have you seen your own dream and desire to to be involved in God's work in the world change? How has it evolved and, and how have you uh, responded to God's uh, uh, continuing, uh, what seems like from the outside, God really uh, lifting your ministry up to a place that has a, a bit of a platform? I, it, it's got, I've gotten more hopeful because I don't think I ever dreamed this stuff. I didn't, I think Ephesians 3.20 is so much more than like a cool phrase or a tattoo. 
on somebody's shoulder. <laughs> like if you read Ephesians three twenty in, in context, it's you know it's good on its own, but man, when you really see it in your own life, that's why I'm I have no issues with the people who are big on goal setting and and planning. But I just haven't planned any of this. Like I I write all my dreams in pencil. And I'm sure that's anti-motivational. I write all my <laughs> stuff in maybes. Like, cause I just, yeah, I mean, my, my plan was to come here and make a difference. I never would have dreamt I'd be anywhere close to having a hand in what we, we have a hand in right now. So I have gotten more hopeful and more excited about the little that I do have because I've been, that's what I've been reading in Acts. I preach it to our church. Like the disciples were well aware of what they didn't have but they were more aware of what they did have and that's enough. So I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about what we don't have. I'm not worried about what I lack anymore. I'm really conscious of who Jesus is in my life because he's proven too much to me too often for me to start measuring what I think I can do according to what I have. Cause I don't have enough to even get out of bed. I don't have enough to stay married for a week and I sure as heck don't have enough to change the world, but I'm a Christian, so I'm good to go. You talk about with reference to your book and to your church. Uh, you have, uh, it seems like your ministry, your church's ministry is sort of unique in that there is a lot of appeal to people who, who are Christians and people who are not Christians. How does the message of your book change if you're giving it, putting it into the hands of somebody who doesn't necessarily believe the same things that you do about God, but still wants to seize the now? I think it's the same reason why everybody want to hang out with Jesus. Like we have a misnomer due to mean uh, pseudo Christian that it's an accept or reject thing with Jesus. And I think salvation is accept or reject. Repentance is accept or reject. But I also know that people hung out with Jesus and around him. And I think there was a reason it's, it's conjecture, but we can make pretty safe assumptions that just being around the gospel will we'll change people and whether the state of their soul shifts that's a, that's a question that's between them and God but my thing is come to our church you can be a, you can be a Muslim you can be Jewish I have so much confidence that as you come and you listen and you see the gospel and you hear the gospel and you see Christians around you changing man there's going to be a question that arises and I do lace that book with really really you know big questions here and there about hey you don't have to believe this but the only reason why i can do this is because of jesus and hey you can you can try your own way that's cool but the only way i believe is jesus so i think it does point to questions and that's why i think it's going to work for those who they can try to fill those gaps like everything if you want to be a hard worker there'll be an x factor if you want to have a good marriage there'll be an x factor i say it's jesus i mean you can try to pull that off without him go ahead and you can even take some of his principles. And I say that in the book outright. I say the best motivational speakers are due to have ripped off the Bible and tried to make it their own, not giving them credit to God. And the, the best, you know, way to live this life, it might not, you might not, you know, go to heaven because you don't know Jesus and you never gave your life. But my gosh, since when has loving your neighbor been bad? Since when has laying your life down for your friends not gotten you more friends? So you can take the eternal emphasis off of Jesus if you want. But why would you want to? Sure. Sure. 
Um, from your uh, from your perspective, uh, as you've your uh, your platform has opened you up to a lot of praise and a lot of criticism from both Christians and people who aren't Christians, what do you think is the biggest misconception about Hillsong and about you as a pastor? It will always be motive, because if motive um, is in question, everything you do is now uh, suspect. If motive isn't in question, everything you do is trusted. So that's all That's all it is on both sides, Christian and non-Christian. So if a non-Christian thinks we have bad motives, you know, we're, we're, everything we do is tainted from this thing that's not genuine. If a Christian looks at us and has a judgment or whatever, they think we're not about the right things. And I'm totally cool with that because I'd rather have you, I'd rather be in the, in, in the middle of judgment than to be ignored or to be written off because, you know, we're, we're reaching nobody. So I, li- I like the people who don't like us. <laughs> Do you have many conversations? <laughs> Uh, I do. I try to. But what you find sure. out quickly is that some people, they're not after understanding. They just, yeah. they, their beef is yeah. not with me. Their beef is with something sure. much deeper. And I, I am a, I'm an easy, an easy target for people like that. And to that, I say, I'm glad I can serve you. If that's the way I can serve you in this life is for you to feel better about yourself because I help you avoid your own issues. And I can do that. That's cool. But I, I don't, uh, I don't spend as much time on that as I can because I just found out, you know what, God, it's not my job. I, I still feel, Tyler, after all this time, if I had a five-minute conversation with every critic, they wouldn't be a critic. 100%. Because the devil hates proximity. He hates us getting close. And I know I know who we are. I know what we're about. I know what God's done in our church and through our lives. So I have no problem standing up and taking shots because they don't, they don't get to the... They don't get behind the armor at all. I feel it and I hear it and I always want to be conscious of it. But my gosh, it, it, it fuels me. I almost sometimes I'm hesitant to tell people that because I don't want them to stop. But I'm glad it will be, you know, to, you, I, 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 do, I do think it's a part of who we are. If, if we weren't making somebody upset, then uh, I don't think we're doing it right. And I'm the opposite of that guy. You know us well enough to know I'm not like just trying to be cool or conventional or rebel. No, right, I'm genuinely right. trying to serve Jesus with passion, but it doesn't make everybody happy. And so I've stopped trying to make everybody happy. I've just tried to make the right people mad. And the people <laughs> who don't like us on both sides are my target. I want a religious, legalistic uh, guy who hates anything out of the box oh my gosh i came to i came to uh, frustrate you i came to challenge you and for the other guy on the other wing who just refuses to believe that you can be a christian and not be hateful and not be bigoted and not be whatever like i, I came to to challenge that as well that was carl lentz good job tyler that was good oh thanks stay tuned i'm next finally got one <laughs> welcome wagon <laughs> to our next guest uh the welcome wagon the song is all these trees 
The Welcome Wagon is an indie pop band that consists of Presbyterian minister Thomas Vito Ayuto and his wife Monique, who together lead the Resurrection Presbyterian Church in Brooklyn. Uh, along with collaborating with Sufjan Stevens, the band is known for gospel-infused uh, fusion of indie rock and folk. They just released their new album, Light Up the Stairs, and we talked with them about the songs that changed their lives. Here is The Welcome Wagon. It's true who I made a promise, but what they never really tell you when they tell you it's so hard. first one that came to mind is Blackbird by the Beatles. And uh, my parents were, you know, children of the 60s, and so I inherited all their vinyl. And the White Album had just been played to death, and my dad was a big Beatles fan, and then we got it too. And the record had this mythos around it in our house even, like it had a big scratch on side one where back in the USSR and near Prudence are, because he, my dad had punched his brother and knocked into it. and. You know, and so, like, and had this sort of, I don't know, pathos around it or something. And um, the song Blackbird is obviously this really super beautiful song, but it's talking about this bird who doesn't have wings and can't fly, and this bird who has to try to see but doesn't have eyes. And my dad grew up in a really, a really terrible situation. His family situation just horrid. And so I internalized this song such that I thought it was about him. And when I say I thought it was about him, it was like, I think I started to actually sort of metaphysically think it was somehow like magically realist sort of thing, think it was really about him. And I listened to that song over and over and over. It would make me super, super sad. And um, of course, I think that's all compounded by the fact that, you know, it just so happens that the guy that wrote it you know, had the best ear for melody of probably this century, you know, like he writes this song, it's just gorgeous. And so that record is still probably my favorite record, not Blackbird, but White Album, White Album is my favorite album that's ever been made. Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life you were only waiting for this moment to be free Blackbird fly So another song is um, is Everything's Alright from the Jesus Christ Superstar soundtrack and that was another one that was given to me implicitly by my parents because they had the vinyl and um, this was I didn't grow up as a believer church wasn't something that we really did in our house all that much but um I knew, I, I got the whole album memorized because I listened to it so many times. And when I ended up becoming a believer, I kind of knew the passion story because of the Jesus Christ Superstar. But I really liked that song. And um, I think it's the first song that I ever knew that was in five. And I wouldn't have been able to tell you that, you know, when I was a kid. But later on, I remember I was playing in Sufjan's band. And so he's, it, it, I'm trying to learn the songs from that we're going to play in his shows. And... I think it was a good man. It's hard to find. And he's like, okay, here's a new song. He had just written it. And it's in five. And I said, what does that mean? It's in five. And then he has to teach me what a waltz is, what the three is. He has to teach me what four is. And I kind of know those things. He goes, and this is in five. And it counts like this. And then I remembered that song. And when I met Monique, she knew that song too. And it was kind of one that hit. She had 
I don't know if that song changed my life, but it's it's come up in my life a lot. The third one is probably Bring the Noise by Public Enemy. It was on the less than, it was on the less than zero soundtrack. And and I remember reading a review of just the single in Spin magazine or maybe like an early version or not version, but early copy of Spin and about this band, Public Enemy. And so I went and bought on vinyl, uh, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. They wrote so effusively about this band, and I, I loved rap then, and I liked Run DMC, and LL Cool J, and Houdini, and living right outside of Detroit, you could get all those things, but I'd never heard Public Enemy. And I was, uh, that was probably the most seismic like piece of music that I ever listened to, and it was so... Um, I couldn't believe how serious they were and how angry they were and how beautiful the music, it was super beautiful to me how um, kind of discordant it was and how, uh, you know, it was like ugly in a beautiful way and beautiful in an ugly way or something like that. And, you know, their voices just worked so well together. And uh, as somebody who grew up in an almost exclusively white town in rural Michigan, you know, like I said, we lived outside of Detroit, but, you know, I, you could count on one hand how many black kids were in our school or even Latino kids. And so that music was really, really, it was like a, it was like a telegram from this faraway place, figuratively and literally, from this world. And what was so exciting to me about it was, it was art that was really serious. Like, it was art, they were angry and they were determined and they were making something that was really, really compelling. And I didn't have the capacity to engage it or receive it in any kind of fullness, but enough so that it, it blew me away. Never batted and bad because a brother is manned and mad at the fact that's corrupt like a senator. Soul on the road, but you treat it like soap on the rope because the beats and the lines are so dope. Listen for lessons I'm saying inside music that the critics are blasting me for. They'll never care for the brothers and sisters why across the country has us up for the war. We got to get them straight. Come on now, they're going to have to wait till we get it right. Radio stations are questioning black as they call us a black, but we'll see you till latest. The fourth one would be Vito's ordination song by Sufjan Stevens, for sure. Of course. When I got ordained, um, Sufjan, I think Michigan had been out then, but he wasn't, I don't know, he wasn't, um, he wasn't famous. He wasn't, he was just one of our friends, and um, and I was, I was being ordained, and he had played me some of the songs from what ended up being the Seven Swans record, and so I kind of wanted him to play at church, and I wanted my friends to hear him, and I wanted to have that beautiful music. I said, would you play one of those songs that even like Abraham or or one of those songs? And he said, yeah, I'll do it. And he stood up at the ordination service and he started to play that song. And it, uh, I was frozen. I didn't know what to do. I was thrilled and embarrassed and exhilarated. And then um, 
then that then he didn't stay for the party afterwards, but he came over and he gave me a CD, and it was a recording that he had made of it that I don't think anybody else has ever heard. I don't, I can't. I was looking for it the other day on my laptop, and I don't know where it is, but I have a version that he made for me, and um, sat there and listened to it that night, and uh, you know he's done a lot of wonderful things for me and for us, but that's right up near the top to have yeah. somebody write a song for you and to capture something about you and about him and about God. It was, uh, you know, it's sort of stunning to, to think that it even ever happened. I'll give, I'll give one, one more song. I think I have one more. And this, and this strokes Monique too. It's um, it's a song, What Will I Do, by written by Irving Berlin, and there's a thousand mm-hmm. versions of it. And I can't remember the version. When Monique and I, so Monique and I met, we'd known each other as kids and in high school a little bit. We didn't date, but we met each other over the summer. And um, she was home from the Cooper Union. She was home from college. And so we met and we, fell in love with each other like after 10 minutes. I mean, it was that fast. And just spent like two or three weeks together. Mm-hmm. And then she had to go back to college and I had just graduated. And then she went back to school and after two days, my dad died. And it was this big traumatic event. So she came back to the funeral and so all this tumultuous stuff is happening in our lives. And, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna convince her to marry me. And she's like 20 years old and I'm only like 22. and. You know, I'm just sort of feeling intoxicated and grief-stricken all at the same time. And she sent me a mixtape back when people still did that. And um, one side was all songs that she had mixed up, songs like by Pet Shop Boys and um, Simon and Garfunkel. And but on the side two of that mixtape was an album called Irving Berlin: A Hundred Years, and it was a a celebration of his 100th birthday and it's a whole bunch of different people doing the songs and so I was working at a golf course and I had to mow and, and suck up the leaves on this golf course in the fall and I spent the whole fall riding around on that lawnmower crying and listening to that mixtape mm-hmm. and the, that song says what will I do when you are far away and I am blue what will mm-hmm. I do and that seemed like it was written for me at that time. It seemed pretty convincing to me. What'll I do with just a photograph to tell my troubles to? I'm alone with only dreams. 
that won't come true What'll I do? That was the Welcome Wagon. Songs that changed their lives. Up next, your feedback. love your neighbor. We know it as the greatest commandment, but how do we actually live it? Embedded within this commandment is movement, a specific order of understanding and action that will lead to a life that is significant and joyful beyond any stale acts of faith. This movement is upward, inward, and then outward. This is how we live and move with God. Journey with me, pastor and musician Daniel Fusco, in my new book, Upward, Inward, and Outward, as I unpack the most important commandment ever given. Learn more at danielfusco.com. You're listening to Division. If you're Googling it, it's DVSN, but come on, you know it's Division. The song is Runaway. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, before feedback, we usually do corrections and apologies. I'm thinking through. I think we're good. Uh, actually, <clears throat> there was one. I m- misidentified one of the Eagles players uh, who got baptized with oh. the, one of the activist ones. I need to look at which one that was. But I, me- I messed up Malcolm Jenkins. And, and you host a sports podcast? I know. I know. I... I I can't believe I did this. So I'll find the I'll find the exact correction uh, in a moment. But. Okay, well, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, the question of the week, we asked you, what's the most embarrassing tape or CD you bought with your own money? We were talking about kind of the first tapes and CDs yeah. we bought with our own money. Legit um, embarrassing them. And then uh, we yeah. were all kind of proud of our first ones. Yeah. But we've all had a couple of duds along the way. Yeah. And um, ones maybe we even liked, but our friends wouldn't understand. Eddie with his uh, Celtic har- harmonies. So beautiful soundtracks. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, just, people just don't understand far and away like yeah, I do. Real quick, I, Malcolm Jenkins is the Eagles' veteran wide receiver. Yes. Marcus Johnson is the wide receiver who got baptized. Ah. And also, Scott uh, put in there the Santa thing was fifty years ago! Exclamation point. What was that about? Because the Eagles fan pelted Santa with snowballs on the field. It's their legacy. I don't care. It doesn't matter how long ago. They, they still yeah. do something. What's like the that. statute Sorry, of limit? What's the statute of limitations uh, on pelting uh, Santa? Yeah, on assaulting Santa Claus, Scott. Is, is that do people just forget about that? Sorry, anyway, Scott. Sorry. Blocked. That's funny. <laughs> blocked. Yeah, I blo- blocked oh, like I definitely Carl blocked him. I blocked, oh, yeah. blocked like Carl Lentz. Yeah, Scott's out of here. All right. So you guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You also posted on our uh, podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. And Chandler, I think we have a couple. Well, I don't know. Can we, we have a couple queued up. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, Bri- <laughs> oh, I love this. You're doing Brad. Brian Garcia said my first CD <laughs> was Shaq Diesel, the debut album of Orlando Magic superstar and poet Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. Yeah. I still it was, have it was back when he was rapping a lot with the Fushnickens. Yeah. And he, and he wanted to be a rapper full time, and so the Fushnickens <laughs> guested on yeah. the Shaq Diesel he, album. He, it, it's hard because you kind of get it, right? You love him on basketball. How could how could he not make a great album? Hey, yeah. hey eleven can can act and Why also can't rap. Shaq? Why can't yeah. Shaq? Uh, he, uh, Brian said he still has many of the lyrics to shoot past slam memorized. Chandler, do we have that one available? Shaq has spoken. 
I dominate my competition and bust him with the ammunition to keep my own opposition. A mad brother from the dark planet who controls it, not Janet. You better can it. You better believe I'm coming hardcore for the cause. You better fall before I bust a hole in yours. The shack of toast is the tall. Other than it being kind of derivative, it's not that. Oh, it's completely no. derivative because no. it was heavily influenced by Das Effects and Fushnikens on the rapping style, and obviously the production style heavily influenced by yeah. Dr. Dre. Yeah, you hear the Dre. Yeah. I also own that album. So yeah, fine album. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I was a huge Magic fan and a rap fan. Why wouldn't I buy but it? But like I said, it's that's actually it's embarrassing in hindsight. But at the time, that that doesn't seem like a bad purchase, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Brad De- Brad yeah. DeRus uh, said that he the first CD had was from a pop band called The Party, which was a band that formed from the Mickey Mouse Club on the Disney Channel. Again, not that embarrassing. I think you know if you were of the age watching Mickey Mouse Club, those were pretty cool people, mind you. Jay Timberlake was a part of that whole group. Justin, Ryan Gosling? Yeah. Ryan Gosling, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears. Yeah, okay. So Jeremy Little, this is one that I asked the guys, uh, Nathan Chandler here, about before the show, because I didn't even know this existed, and it's very embarrassing. Um, uh, This is from Jeremy Little. uh, Scott Stapp's solo album after Creed (laughs) broke up. I didn't even know Scott Stapp had a solo. Number one, I didn't know Creed broke up. (laughs) Number two... What's the difference of Scott Stapp with musicians <laughs> and Creed? <laughs> Chandler, can we play a clip? Because this one's baffling to me. Everything ended up. You stand here with me. Wow, that's a beautiful song, though. Yeah, that was I, I hear on the site it announces he has a new tour. Uh, it's the Atlanta to Albuquerque connection on Southwest this fall. <laughs> Cannot <So>. wait. <laughs> hey, do, do you think when he wrote that song, he was like, people are going to be dancing to this at the wedding. People this is the wedding get dancer. It. This is the banger. It's called Broken. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. about being well, broken, well, confused, and hurt because he's, well, he suffers from bipolar disorder. Does he? Yeah. And he came out about that over the last few years and oh, he's really mm-hmm. struggled a lot in his life in this song. I mean, I'm sorry that. that he wrestles with that, but the song still is not good. <laughs> right? Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to... Real we talk. need to live in both worlds. I don't want him to struggle. Hey. I also can't make myself hey. like that music. A lot of people got problems. They don't write terrible songs. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just D- Doug McGregor. You want, I, you know, yeah, I'm just, it's real talk. What do you want me to say? Yeah. What do you want me to say? <laughs> you want me to act like you like it? Uh, Doug McGregor from Sioux City, Iowa said, I, and, and this is a hard one because I was both embarrassed for him, but also I own two of the three of these. So <laughs> said I purchased and enjoyed live by Kenny G. Uh, oh, see, I thought you were talking about the late nineties alternative band. Live. No, no, this Kenny G and then live at the Acropolis by Yanni, which I owned and is wonderful. Johnny Acuff has spoken frequently on how much he loves that album. And fun fact, I was at the Acropolis, maybe two, three years ago uh-huh. and just saw the place where it was recorded and started whistling the little opening so theme I've never, to it. I've never heard it. Uh, my only knowledge of Yanni is when John Tesh was on our, our podcast Here we and, go. and he told us the story of how back in the 90s or <laughs> 80s uh, on uh, he and Yanni would go to the beach there in Southern California yes. and wear short shorts and play volleyball shirtless. Cool. Yeah, on the sand. It, it, I mean, it, that's their life volleyball. was a scene from Top Gun. Yeah. Just yeah. on repeat. Can every you 
imagine? Back then with the hair, with the everything, Yanni and John Tesh playing shirtless beach volleyball. Do you think they had I can't Im- I can't imagine. Box? No? I can imagine it. Yeah, you absolutely. can't imagine. And I do. <laughs> <laughs> the third album, the third album ironically was Doug saying again live at Red Rocks by John Tesh. Yeah, I think we have a clip. Is this Rumble Rock? Yeah, <laughs> is this yeah. is this? Oh, our, did, did he play that by a Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the famous clip is from some sort of ballroom concert, but yeah. Just you're in Red Rocks right now. But who buys this CD just to play at their house? Like, if this sounds like every background music, or are you literally just like rocking out? Can you please play live at the Acropolis by Yanni? That's actual music. I mean, that's like. Yanni's still got it. Was most of the John well, this, Tesh... This, this is Kenny G's playing. This yeah. is John Tesh. Well, was yeah. most of the John Tesh concert just vamping like this? No, it's, it's it's like, uh, the dude just, playing saxophone is this really buff black guy wearing just a vest. Oh, uh, that's, a sparkly that, vest. That that's what I imagined. That, I think it's probably Clarence Clemens from the E Street Band. Really? Have you seen well, a clip that you described Clarence Clemens? Yeah. Um, get ready. There's going to be a breakdown in about eight measures. It's going to blow your mind if you can hold on that long. Keep it, just keep it going underground, underneath us. Just let it be a music bed. I am sad to know. Looking at these replies, I'm sad to know that our listeners supported this kind of music. Yeah, I mean, I saw. I mean, I saw a Chumbawamba in there. Someone might think we're that bad. Somebody said Dashboard Confessional. I don't think that's that terrible. That's great. We were all Mac. Mac Wells did buy a Gerardo album of the Rico Suave guy. Rico. But the, better, but the better story from Mac Wells is the second most embarrassing thing you ever bought, which was the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. <laughs> he says having this tape is not in and of itself that bad. Well, I don't know, but it's what I was going to do with it. There was this girl I liked. I was going to invite her over to watch the movie. Then afterward, I was going to put on the Brian Adams song, everything I do it oh. for you and ask her to slow. Dance. Oh. Did he do it? No, <laughs> he says he ran the plan by his older sister who shut it down. Oh, you know it's that true. So he I everything he that I do. The, the, the romance of, of the Kevin Costner film would be so great that she would just be like willing to Clooney. slow dance with him and yeah. he would just pop the tape and that's a bold move. I, uh, oh, that is difficult I, to hear. I, the other day, uh, Amy on our team was talking about the fact she actually non-ironic, she's one of the coolest people you'll meet. Yeah. She non-ironically loves Michael Bolton. Yeah, so yeah it's thought, fine. Hey, for you, I'm throwing a couple in the list. Mm-hmm. I went on Spotify, put it, we have an office playlist that we put overhead. Oh, I know. And, uh, and, and I went on Michael Bolton Top couple of top selects, yeah. dragged it and dropped it right into the playlist. We hit it on shuffle. We have thousands of songs in there. For some reason, every day, You're I like thought right I love you. Day, right at the end of the day, yeah. I thought I love you, but I lied. Comes on, and I don't know if it's. But I love you. Thousands of songs, and Michael Bolton keeps keeps creeping to the top. I, I, you know, I think you need to throw in there, Cameron, yeah. to get people's spirits up. Well, I threw in there for Eddie. DC talks. I don't want your sex for now. For now, um, I, I think we I think we played this a few weeks ago, but you throw a couple Steve Winwood in there. Oh, Who great one! Give me a higher love. Dun, 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 dun. That's when that's when the office. You know, maybe it's, that's like the, the post lunch lull. Yeah. You put that in, people are getting hype. You yeah. Know? All right, I'm checking. Even it. the robots moving a little bit. Yeah, exactly, Chandler. 
Remind me if I'm wrong. I I think I we we I played this a few months back. Yeah, and, you did. And, uh, we referenced the song about a yacht rock rant, and I said Great this one. is my favorite yacht rock song. And Chandler said, and Chandler, did you or did you not throw this in a DJ set and bring the house down uh, that I, weekend? I, I do enjoy playing a yacht rock song every once in a while on the weekend. What's that song? Back it's in the really high life again. Back in the high life again. <laughs> Play that song. That's a great one. Oh, dude. So that's 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 chill. I music. just added higher love and back in the high life again to the relevant office. Back, back in the high life again. If you're sitting by, there's no better song to sit by a pool to. No. Back in the high life. No. Again. You, you, feel that, you feel the hot air. You feel the wind. You're playing you know. volleyball with another friend. Oh, it's yeah. Just you and a friend out yeah, at the, the beach. Blood pressure goes down. Just do do do. No shirt. Yeah. yeah. Not even wearing a shirt. All right, well, that's it. that'll do it for last week's feedback. There's a lot more if you want to go <laughs> laugh at your fellow listeners. Uh, you can find them on the uh, episode page and Twitter. Now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Uh, well, earlier, uh, Jesse went into a Seinfeld bit for about 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. He, br- he basically... It's timely, people. It, you know, they... And why do they only pour half a soda? What are they going to do with that other half? I mean, come on. <laughs> no. I mean, come on. Am I right? <laughs> Anybody? Ed, I, delta, I was going to say, say, Eddie, you know, that was pretty good, except mine was funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> I totally... So I, I, that's the reason why they pour <laughs> half a soda because mm-hmm. it comes small. They pour the other half to right. the next passenger. I don't, I don't understand. I, I, I pull... <laughs> it's clear. Yeah. It's clear when you look at the cup size what's going on there. I, I pulled a Huckabee, didn't I? <laughs> Classic oh, Huckabee. Bel- so, uh, <laughs> I have some of the best jokes on this podcast. Yes, you <laughs> do are from me i will agree that you are on this podcast <laughs> so we want to know we got us thinking about uh awkward flight uh encounters with uh maybe the the working staff um we want to know your most awkward uh flight stories of maybe things that you know yeah. cheesy uh flight attendants or yeah. you know or Somebody, maybe yeah somebody's donald ducking it on a flight <laughs> oh, no. i don't want to know that story i was on flight i think i've told this before where a vain, a very famous celebrity clogged the toilet before we even that's no. not true. it was a cross-country flight that's not true it can you a, give us a hint it was it was from los angeles to philadelphia <gasps> all night flight no and i i promise you the person that before we even took out nervously left the bathroom and informed the flight attendants that that the first class bathroom was clogged was Bob Saget. No. <laughs> no. I talked to him after. I talked to him after. I didn't talk about the bathroom, but I was just like, hey, man, yeah, you know, love, love your work, you know? So he was pretty yeah. gracious yeah. about it. If anybody could hang had, with like, that guy. He seven Bloody Marys on the flight. Right. So, I mean, so he, he's pretty loose after. Nothing's bothering Bob. Yeah, oh, but he was chill about it. You know, it's the funny. flight attendants were, but he did, you know, yeah. it didn't really seem like it bothered him. Oh, no, 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 no. He goodness. did what he needed to do. Yeah. So top that. <laughs> <in the service>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Bob said he'd blow up a bathroom. I, I was thinking more things like a guy was singing or, or a flight attendant was in the overhead bed. Anything can happen up there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like a little weird jail up there. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer answers on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and we will read our favorites next week. Yeah. All right. On that note, we'll wrap things up. Many thanks to this episode's uh, sponsors for making the show possible. Uh, remember, you can visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC uh, for gift suggestions, tracking labels, and to find drop-off locations for your Operation Christmas Child shoebox. Do it. Join us. I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I think you should do it, too. Yeah. Like, it's really important, it and really it's a great is. thing to do. It's a great way to kick off the holiday season now that the devil's holiday is behind us. No, no kidding. <laughs> 
Finally. Also, thanks to Squarespace. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, do it. Uh, Devin, what's the... Devin the, Dawson. Dot com. Dawson. Devin, Dawson. yeah. Go Devin, get it. Buy it and, and, and let's let's make Southwest and Devin rethink their consent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we need to ruin this... Hey, guys, I don't want to be mean-spirited. But if we need to ruin his career, we need to ruin his career. There needs to be consequences. <laughs> He's agreed to this. Well, we've got to do what we've got to do. Don't force him in the sky. Someone's got to pay. And I'm sorry, Devin, but this is how things work. So um, many thanks to our guests for joining us. Carl Lentz, uh, his new book, Own the Moment, is out now. Go get it. It's great. You can also follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Carl Lentz NYC and on Instagram. Uh, many thanks to the Welcome Wagon for joining us as well. Their new album, Light Up the Stairs, is out now the new issue of relevant released this week Mm -hmm. Uh, Anthony Anderson the star of blackish is on the cover talking to us about this hit primetime show uh, that unprecedented like in an unprecedented way it fuses uh, faith and justice and actual comedy Um, it's a fantastic show you should check it out it's a beautiful cover too oh thanks I loved it thanks and uh, the issue has a ton of great content uh, a wide range of stuff all the way from uh, the moral implications of football and the concussion stuff that's happening all the way to uh, great music like the Japanese house. Uh, Christine Kane is in the issue. Bob Goff's in the issue. John Eldridge makes you rethink heaven and the afterlife. Yeah. It's uh, like I wasn't doing issue. that already. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that John Eldridge says some of the stuff that he says yeah. is unreal. Yeah. It's not that this, it's not unreal that the stuff is said. It's unreal that it's said by John Eldridge. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know? Right. I would expect this from Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> That's just really dark and weird stuff. Yeah. Hey, uh, go check it out. You can subscribe today at rollmagazine.com. You can pick up the issue on newsstands. You can even view the issue in its entirety on the internet or on online as well at the website. So go check it out. And uh, we think you'll like it. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Tyler Huckabee. We'll see you guys next week. Chandler. Yes. That's the song. for listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe Uh, next one. Oh! Hey there. This is Eddie, host of The New Activist. You know, we created The New Activist podcast to be a place where we can learn from other people who are out in the world, who are going and serving and trying to make a difference in, in any number of the huge issues that we are staring down today. And what I love about these interviews is not just that we're hearing from amazing people, but also we are learning how we can go and do likewise. I hope that you will join me in listening to and becoming the new activist.